On today's episode of Graze the Rim, we react to Kevin Durant's historic performance, the Phoenix Suns beating off the Nuggets. We also have a couple other close series that we'll look into. And as promised, we bring back Splash Pass, and we react to some live breaking news. All that and more. So lock up your dogs. We are back. We are live. Welcome to the Graze the Rim podcast. This is an NBA podcast hosted by two former college athletes who, at this point, it feels like it was a long, long, long time ago that I ever touched a basketball. So I like watching instead. I'm Robert Thomas, joined by Seth Curran. Today is uh, June 16th, Wednesday morning. And Seth, I don't want to overreact, be a slave to the moment, but we just watched one of the best single playoff games in NBA history by Kevin Durant last night. And we'll talk yeah, about, no it. Doubt about it. We'll talk about it in the game breakdown, but I, I feel remiss that we don't mention that off the rip. What an you gotta, incredible... You got to start with the important <laughs> stuff, yeah. What an incredible performance. So yeah, again, we'll talk about it in the breakdown, and I want to praise him now because I'm going to be very critical of the Bucks during that breakdown, and I don't want to undersell... You want to overshadow, exactly, overshadow exactly. the performance. So I want to get that out of the way right now, that... that this this very well could be a a moment we look back on as the Kevin Durant undisputedly taking the title of best player in the world, like you right. know, uh, this if they go on to win the title. But this could be the game. But wow, incredible! Good job, him. Just had to say it. Had to get that out. So other pregame notes. This is a sad one because it feels like the postseason of injuries that we were actually talking about before oh, the pod. Oh my gosh. Uh, today yeah. just announced that Kawhi, after twisting his knee in uh, game four, is going to miss at least game five. They don't have a timetable for him. And so this year was already the single season for the most unique all-stars to miss a playoff game. And that was before Kawhi announced he was out. So there's another one. And Chris Paul, who is entering... COVID protocols, who knows if he's going to miss time or how much time he's going to miss. But uh, it is it's become an unfortunate theme of these playoffs in this season. And it sucks, but also, uh, it kind of always happens, and no championship team has, has ever won without getting some kind of luck. So Right. I think it's just uh, with the shortened offseason, shortest offseason in basketball history, you know, you have an easy, easy like, reason for all these injuries happening. Something that you can easily point out and blame right. for Right. Well, I mean, the thing is that we've talked about that the teams longest lasting in the bubble are all gone now that the Nuggets are out. Right. And so they're the teams that, that, that it's hard to say they weren't at least somewhat affected by being in the bubble the longest, that they all kind of underperformed this right. year. But, and um, it's, it's, it's going to be the team that's healthiest that comes down to winning the, the title. It that's it's definitely going to be huge. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah. So I guess we'll keep an eye on that and hope. Just sucks that, that happens, but that's part of life. Right. Ooh, my voice cracked real good. That's part of life. Uh, and so hopefully everybody gets back healthy and no more injuries ever. I think that's a realistic thing to look for. Yeah. Last yeah. thing, pregame, not before we get into the playoff matchups, uh, Olympics teams for this year's Olympics, which is, is honestly one of the best sporting events. Love it. Olympic Love basketball. It. Get to watch and not be worried that we're not going to win as Americans. <laughs> We've had some names announced as official, and the good news, Seth, 
we got our twelfth man locked up because one of the, the first the names event announced, is solid. One of the first names announced was Draymond Green. So they announced Draymond Green and Damian Lillard at the same time as the first two uh, invitees. Well, acceptees. Yeah. Announced yeah. official members of Team USA this year. So I know these guys are friends, or they like have a lot of respect for each other, Draymond and uh, Damian Lillard. So I don't know. Here's here's my thing. Did did USA call? I, they have D names, so I have to think about it. Did USA call Dame Lillard up and say, hey, come play for it? And Draymond texting him nonstop, like, hey, tell him, tell him to invite me. I want to play. Tell him to play. And Dame says, yeah, I'll play if Draymond can come. And they're <laughs> like, we only go 10 deep usually anyways. Sign him up. That's fine. It's worth the cost. It's worth The cost is worth it to get Dame That's Lillard. That's what I'm saying. So, so this thing that Draymond was on 2016 Team USA. Which made sense at the time because he was, that was the height of the Warriors dynasty. He was mm-hmm. playing at an all NBA level. I, I remembered, like, thinking back, I remembered him not playing, not making a rotation. And I went and looked up the stats and he didn't play. He, he was second to last on the team in minutes. Do you want to guess who was last? Do you remember? Uh, Harrison Barnes. That's right. Nice. Harrison <laughs> Barnes. So only, second last only to Harrison Barnes. He played, Draymond played less than 10 minutes a game, scored a whopping 1.9 points per game. And, th- like, he just, he was an impactful player then. I don't know what, like, you're going to play or coach him. Just have him be on the coaching staff if you yeah. want him around. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter as long as the rest of the roster. I hear they're also trying to get Bradley Beal, which and would Jason be fun. Tatum. Sounds like he's in. Oh, Jason Tatum's in? Good. Okay. Yeah. He's a real basketball player. I know right. LeBron's already said he's out. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure Anthony Davis is out. Yes. And anybody think, dealing with these injuries is is going to sit out. I think anybody in the finals, they, they can't even make it. Like, they yeah. leave before the finals. So, if you're rooting for... I mean, I don't... I can't imagine any of the Nets players would go even if they didn't make the finals. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah, which is a bummer. It looks like we're not sending the A-team. Good news is we don't need the A-team to win. But that's fun. It's fun to see who's, who's in and what the teams look like. And I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, and we're just going to dominate everybody. I love it. Yes. Like uh, the 130 to 72 oh God, scores. Yes. I think that was Nigeria in like 2012. <laughs> oh. Beat them by like 90. <laughs> yeah, that was like the... LeBron had some like the craziest blocks I've ever seen in mm-hmm. that game. I um, like the volleyball out there. Yeah. All right, let's get into some games. So Are you eating? <laughs> no. I'm not oh. eating a chicken sandwich. Um, Jazz Clippers. West 1-4. It's been a while since we've recorded. We've missed, I think we only it was only game one. Mm-hmm. Just a few things from the first couple games, because it's a 2-2 series right now, and you had Clippers in six or less, mm-hmm. which they could definitely do, but now that Kawhi's out, I'm less confident. I, yeah, I am too, Clippers yeah. Clippers winning yeah. the next two. So, game two, this was a, a great Jazz closing game and a classic Clippers not closing game. Mm-hmm. They were, it was this was a fantastic Reggie Jackson game. What do you have like twenty eight points on like seven of ten from it's three? It's unbelievable that Reggie Jackson has become a serviceable basketball player because I thought those days were long gone. But he's shooting like almost sixty percent from three in yeah, the series. Yeah, I mean he's he is invaluable to their team. Right, that's good for him. So you, you, I watched him close the game, and the Jazz are getting so much from their team, and the the Clippers are just not like they're more top heavy, and they're not mm-hmm. using that to their advantage. So I went back and looked at, here was so, Reggie Jackson hit back-to-back threes with seven minutes left to go up one. 
I'm going to read off the, um, this wasn't in consecutive possessions, but these are consecutive scoring possessions for the Jazz. So Jazz, Ingles scores a layup, Bogdanovich hits a three, Gobert's a lob from Ingles, Royce O'Neal hits a three, and then Joe Ingles has the easiest walk into a three. Do you remember oh, this? Yes. It Brings the ball up. Lost in transition, yeah. He's walking the ball <laughs> yeah. up, and two guys just go away. Leave yeah. Joe Ingles. And they both, like, it's a, it's a... High schoolers wouldn't make that blow that matchup. Like you they stop ball. Out the what red are we doing? And said, "Step on up." <laughs> yeah, and so in that, in all those possessions for the Jazz, here are the Clippers' offensive possessions. Uh, Batum missed the three. Paul George gets the free throw and makes two free throws, which is good. That's a good possession. Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad misses a three off of a turnover too. Pat Bev gets the offensive rebound, misses a three. Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad again missed the three. Patrick Reveley misses a floater. Again, Morris misses a three. And then Kawhi Tippin misses the offensive putback. And then it's 10 points. So, like, the Jazz are getting all this value from, like, four different players not named their best player. Right. And then the Clippers, their best player isn't even getting a shot. The only time he gets a shot is when he gets an offensive rebound. And Miguel Marcus Morris misses nine threes in the in that time. And that's the game. Like, that's... Like, you wonder why the Clippers are struggling to close games and it's like well if that's your shot selection i don't wonder anymore it, i mean it was terrible right i do love every single time the clippers lose ty lewis trending on twitter for making yeah. some dumb decision in one way or another he is he is not immune to the the clippers hate that uh <laughs> that was that was around last yes. year and has stuck around for yes last year. for sure i will say uh this is this is controversial but uh i enjoy watching paul george play well in the playoffs that is controversial. You, the majority of people like it when he doesn't play well. Yes. But, yes. So yeah. So so that those I'm games. I'm a fan of him playing well. Yeah. <laughs> so that game that I talked about was the the Jazz taking a two zero lead, went back to L A. and the Clippers. Well, hold on. Can I, can I bring up? Can I bring up something about that in game two? Yes. That was the. I think the Jazz had like a twenty one point lead in that game, and the Clippers came all the way back. Yes. In yes, the second yes. half, and the the Clippers. During that comeback, they went zone on the Jazz, and because Don Mitchell was just killing him getting to the hoop as he's he's done so far in his career, but they went zone and for three possessions in a row, it was Don Mitchell couldn't get to the hoop, so he shoots a contested three, you know, without even trying to move the ball around. It's like that's the thing that frustrates me about Don Mitchell still. Right, and so that's is, what so the Clippers rattled off two games to tie up the series, and that was kind of my big things from. From these two games is the Jazz really miss Mike Conley because he's just a guy that gets the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands. Yes. In times where he gets in these funks where he just thinks he has to do everything. That really, like, I mean, if you think about it, of their key wing or, you know, perimeter players, Mike Conley is really the only other guy that can create his own shot. What are the things? I had three things. Um, oh, they can create his own shot that can, you know, is an effective score and can also is a willing passer. That, like, you know, Joe Ingles just isn't super athletic, so we can't really create unless he's attacking and close out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royce O'Neal is basically just a shooter. Spot-up shooter. <laughs> yeah. Bogdanovich is good, but he's not. he doesn't really look to pass. And Lord yep. knows uh, Jordan Clarkson doesn't look to pass. And so, Lord knows Rudy Gobert can strictly catch lobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a paragraph on Rudy Gobert. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, just the beautiful basketball that kind of the Jazz have made a name for themselves this year has devolved into hero ball. And I'm hoping that, well, I don't even know if Mike Conley will play, but I'm hoping that if he comes back, 
he remedies a lot of that, but I don't know how much he does. And like you said, that that just when that we get too many possessions where nobody else touches the ball with Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell, and it really kills the Jazz offensively. And and it, and it rolls over to the, the bench unit because when if Jordan Clarkson's out there, Jordan Clarkson is going to get an opportunity to get a shot off. Yeah, I don't and know, not, and not a good shot, but he's going to get an opportunity to get a shot off. And I don't know what his what shots per possessions are, but it's got to well, be. I looked insane. the other day, and he's taking the second most shots behind Donovan Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell's taking a shit ton of shots. But it was like 18 or 19 shots a game for Jordan Clarkson off the bench. And the thing that's annoying is that when he's out there as a second unit scorer, he always has at least one of Ingles or Bogdanovich out there as well. Right. It's like, why are you not trying to get these guys' looks as well? If you took eight of his shots away, give him 10 shots a game, give four more to Bogdanovich or Ingles, your team is much better. Right, yeah. And like you said... We were always worried about Jordan Clarkson shooting too much, and we were right to be worried that. I mean, if you take away, I think game two was his big shooting game in this series. Mm-hmm. But besides that, he's shooting like 30% from the yeah, field like said, when in the he, series. When he's on, it's, it's incredible. You yeah. can score so, so many points so quickly, but, but this happens also. And I think that's just what we learn. No one man can have that much of a green light. It's bad for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's too much power for one man to have. Even Donovan Mitchell, like, so he's averaging, like, in this series, he's averaging, like, 28 field goal attempts. Yeah. Which is way over his season average. And I looked up his, what is it, his seven highest, God, bad. the games, the seven highest games this season where he's taken field goals. The, how do I phrase that so it doesn't sound stupid? <laughs> this season, Donovan Mitchell's seven most field goal attempted game. no. Help me out here. <laughs> what am I trying to say? You know, uh, like the he, the seven the games game, where Donovan Mitchell has attempted the most field goals mm. this season. Does that work? Yes. Of those games, Jazz are one and six in those games, and you know they didn't lose that many times this year. So that the recipe where he shoots a lot is not a formula for general success. If he's making them like he did in game one or the second half of game one specifically, then it's great. But you just it's just. You're wasting what makes you a unique team, and that mm-hmm. if you try to play superstar ball, especially against the Clippers, you're probably going to lose the matchup. Right. right. And I will say, I mean, credit to, like you said, Paul George, got his first 30 point game of the playoffs, and then he did it again. Yes. Back to back games. So they, back to back games where Kawhi and Paul George combined for at least 60. I think they were the fifth duo in history to have that playoff duo. And so, like, if. Like that's that's the Clippers' success right there. If they can get sixty points out of those two guys, and not because Kawhi goes for forty-five, <laughs> right? Like if they can get an efficient sixty from those guys, and then and then Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris are consistently hitting, or one of them looks. does. Like you know, right. you had the Reggie Jackson game and just bad decision making or a bad first half for the for the Clippers cost them that game, and you right. had an incredible Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad game in oh, game was it game three? Or was yeah. it game four? Four. Four. Game four, yeah, oh yeah, because because I wrote this down. So the first three games for Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad, twenty three total points on one of sixteen from three. I think he had yeah. more than that in the first half of game four. Yeah, he had like twenty, I think twenty something in the first half, yeah. or something crazy yeah. like that. Five yeah. or six from three on the game, and so that's just like you know, like I said before, there's going to be some game where somebody gets way too hot or somebody goes way too cold, and that just decides yeah. the playoff game. Yeah. And this is kind of one of that one of those games. And we have we have Don Mitchell maybe playing on one good ankle. It's it's kind of hard to tell. He keeps like rolling that ankle, um, and will you know limp over to the to the bench or to the locker room, and then he'll always say he's ready for the next game. But it it's hard to tell how much it's affecting him. But 
he his ability to the hoop completely switched the Clippers game plan. Like Zubats is is out again. You know, they switched back to that small ball lineup just because they were murdering him in the pick and roll. And and with Zubats off the off the floor, it means that that uh Rudy Gobert is guarding Batum or Marcus Morris and just takes away the Jazz biggest strength defensively, Gobert around the rim. Uh so that's I think that's kind of changed the series so far. It's uh it's made the Clippers more effective on offense so far. Well, yeah, then my thing is that they're not punishing the Clippers on defense for that. Like right. like they're not Rudy Gobert is because a you screener. Have Rudy Gobert, That's yeah. <laughs> I think it was game four that he had I mean he went to the free throw line a couple times, but he had mm-hmm. zero field goals attempted in the first yeah. half. And it's like you're getting guarded by Nicholas Batum. That's what I'm saying. It's just like Rudy Gobert's a good he's a great player, and I would love to have him on my team. But you can I think next year is when his contract kicks in. That you can count on one hand the number of guys that will be making more money than him. It's like right. you, you you can't average nine points a game or whatever he's averaging in the series when you're costing that much money. In my opinion, that, that I'm just going to – you just have to do more if you're taking up that much cap space. Absolutely. you Yeah, you have to make your – and, you know, he gets his presence felt on the defense. He makes his presence felt for sure, on the defense for end, sure. right? You know, that's the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But Well, and the other but, thing, I mean, they're not even – they got out rebounded in game four. Which, like yeah. you said, if the if the Clippers play small, and I know that the Jazz aren't big besides Gobert, but they had no excuse for that. So, like in Game Four, the Clippers had they won the rebounding battle and they had two more offensive rebounds. It was ten to eight, but second chance points was eighteen to one for the Clippers. I mean, that's the game right there. And like, yeah, you know, any coach will tell you that offensive rebounds are basically turnovers, giving them up. Right. And if you're one, if you're giving up more offensive rebounds, and then not playing defense out of it, and you get one total point with your offensive rebounds. Like that's just so many more shots, and they mm-hmm. have to—they don't have to be as efficient because you're just giving more possessions and more points. Yeah, uh, game five is tonight. Like we said, no Kawhi tonight. It's gonna be so. Game five in Utah. Yeah. Oh, if the Jazz would big, if the Jazz big, lose this, <laughs> yeah, it's a very big task for the Clippers to to make this one. Uh, comp- is competitive, you know, because. That's what I feel like the bar is tonight. Stay competitive. I think so. Boy, if you thought Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad felt like he was an offensive piece before, oh this, boy. this is going to be his game. Just ask him. It's it's the Morris first Clarkson who can take more shots tonight. <laughs> uh, did you see that Marcus Morris said that his brother, Markeith, uh, will not be attending this game? He said who, who something along the lines of like, who the hell would want to go to Utah? No, something like that. that's hilarious though. Yeah, I, I enjoy that. Um, I like so Utah. Yeah. We drove through it. We it was, did. It looked it. nice. We stopped in Salt Lake and got fast food somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Wendy's. And it looked Wendy really Burger nice. King. It was nice. They had mountains or big hills. The weather was yeah, nice. I think, I think you would call it mountains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should we should do that again. Drive through Utah. All right. Yeah. Put, Put it, it on, on the, the list. Code. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, so next series, quick series, uh, Suns Nuggets. That was quick as you can get. Big old sweep that uh, you picked the Nuggets. I did. And that was on I you. <sighs> yeah, I was kind of banking on the Chris Paul injury being more prevalent. Right, and he uh, he looked uh, like Chris Paul. What again. was his assisted turnover? It was like forty to two. <laughs> it was a, it was something. He had like forty four assists and five turnovers or something like that. And like a three game stretch, like it was yeah. insane. Um, it was something that should not be possible. Yeah, these so. I mean, these Suns are for real. Again, they're a great team, but they also, like, are they the only team that has had no injury problems? Right. I mean, aside from the Chris Paul Paul being banged up, but I'm just just thinking, 
right? Which I mean, you know, you can't fault them for it, but they they look great. They look efficient. They boy, their ball screen action. We say it every time, but their ball screen action is so good that they <laughs> run. I mean, Devin Booker's guy is just getting nailed yeah. on screens. Devin Booker's <laughs> so him him and Chris Paul are so good at like snaking ball screens, drawing out the defender, and then yeah. just hitting mid range jumper. And then as that's happening, you're drawing the center away from the rim and. By the off chance they do miss, DeAndre Ayton already has offensive rebounding positioning. Right, and I don't, I don't think, like you don't give enough credit to what having you know competent scores surrounding a ball screen action does for your offense. Because, like, if you watch the Suns run a high ball screen, and then you watch like the Bucks playing offense on the stretch of their games, and it's, you know, the Nets have five guys in the lane when Giannis has the ball, like they're daring right. somebody else to beat him, right. and it's just, and there's so much space when the Suns are on offense because. That everybody can shoot and they're scared of everybody. Like like you know anybody on the floor can go off for twenty at any time. Right? Can Sorry. I? I yeah. want to jump in. That so like you said, this Suns team is awesome. They are awesome to watch. And now they're not playing the Lakers. I can sit back and actually enjoy them play basketball. Yeah. You know because last series were like, I'm praying for their downfall. I hope they lose. Uh, that didn't happen. So now I can just watch them as a basketball fan. They're they're incredible. There's nothing that they don't do well. And yeah. I know we, we talked about it mo- a couple months ago, maybe. Like, is this team was this team actually for real during the regular season? And I think we leaned on the, the – we were more so, yes, this team is, is a real contender. But I don't think any of us saw like them as this good. No, I mean, Devin – like, like Chris Paul looks not old. He looks right. fantastic. Devin Booker's elevated his game, which we just – I mean, I don't know. Like, I believe it could have happened. I just didn't know it would be this good this quick. Right. And then again, DeAndre Aiden, I mean, at this point, I have as much, I mean, really, Joel Embiid's the only great center that they'll potentially play throughout the rest of the playoffs. But I have as much faith in DeAndre Aiden, like, as the lone big man on the court as I do anybody else. Yeah. Like, you know, guarding a, the opposing team's good guy and being a competent defender. I mean, he matched up with the finisher. MVP and just and held his own. That's who, what I'm who, saying. Who would have saw that coming? That's what I'm saying. I, I've been so impressed with him. He looks great. They have a slow rotation. Even we saw some Dario Saric minutes, and he was fine. I mean, he hit some threes, which is what you want out of a stretch back a big man. And so I just, like you said, they're a great team. They don't really have any weaknesses. Yeah. he. I mean, he was he, Saric was more so more available in this series because when when Jokic comes out of the game, the Nuggets aren't throwing out a, another big center. Right. They're throwing out like Jermichael Green or Paul Millsap. Right, but I mean like that. Because they won't play really play great centers going forward, and I have confidence in them going smaller. I think Sarish would be right. Fine. Like if they match up with the Jazz in next series, he can match up with Derek Favors in the right. second unit matchup, no problem. I yeah, I think that's a valuable. He's and valuable. I, and but. I don't know, like, because I was thinking that Donovan Mitchell has kind of taken some of the supporting cast out of it just by how much he's on the ball. Like right. like the Suns team from like like three to seven on the roster are like as good, maybe the best group of players in the league do you know what i mean right like in that in the the role players i mean just their wings are fantastic great three and d guys and cameron Payne is good at <laughs> basketball apparently and then again as, as great as Andre ayton has been like his shot chart is phenomenal like that was mm-hmm. a big thing that he struggled with as a rookie that he just he fell in love with mid-range shooting and didn't really want to do post moves like to touch too much but he is just—I mean, part of it's because they're just running good action to get him easy buckets. But he is—he's—he has a Zion-esque shot chart. Everything is around <laughs> the rim, and he's shooting like eighty percent because of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last thing from this, uh, the Jokic ejection. Oh, what are we doing? 
Uh, we're ruining basketball. That I don't like. I don't. I don't like unironically using the word soft because I just think it's funny. Like I like, I like using kind of more as a joke using that Kobe Same. gif. Yes, but that was soft. The, the, like that was. Like I got, get, I get what the rule is. If there's a wind up and there's contact to the face, like it technically is a flagrant too. But Nikola Jokic takes hard fouls like that all the time. They're just frustration fouls. He swipes down the ball all the time. I, yes, he clipped campaign's nose and i'm sure it didn't feel great for campaign like i'm sure it hurt but that you, you can't kick out the mvp in a winner go home and game. did you did you hear so like uh, reggie jackson or no reggie, jackson, reggie miller was on the commentary and then when it happened live he was like that looked that was all ball like what are we doing and then when he watches slow motion like oh he's lucky he didn't get his nose broken or something like that <laughs> like come on like i thought you said it's got to the point where i saw it a bunch in the um in last night's bucks um Nets game that if somebody swipes near your face and you fall over, it's a foul every time. Like it's ridiculous, right? right. So I don't know. I, I again, I hate using soft unironically, but like, like but can we can we be physical? <laughs> can we just let the physical happen? Like I know, like, it, give him a give him a flagrant one. Like, you know, if if he made contact in the yeah, face and he swore, yeah. that's fine. But that is not that's not just something you kick somebody out of a huge playoff game for, especially and not so, the MVP. Yeah, I've always like in my head, I've always thought like intentional foul or or ejectable fouls like what's the intent like that that's always been to me like right like if you're just trying to to foul him or to stop him shooting a layup that's one like like you can tell when somebody's trying to hurt somebody or does a play that's legitimately dangerous like you know undercutting that was not it that's what i'm saying it didn't shake those boxes for me so i don't know can we we can talk about the nuggets for a sec here i am fully of the belief that Nikola Jokic cannot be you know cannot be blamed for losing in the playoffs for being you know there's a lot of people saying how embarrassing it was that the MVP got swept in the playoffs. And, and, and I'm like, one, they made this, they won a first round playoff series. And two, he's playing without his second best player. Yeah. I, don't I think that can be held against Jokic. Yeah. I think, I mean, two things is that, that one, the Suns had a great game plan that they, on, on the ball, and when Jokic is setting ball screens, they just made the other guy beat him. And that was what, you know, Monty Morris was so good in round one because I think, <laughs> I mean, that was what happened was that the Blazers we, did the same thing. We got a Monty Morris good game in game three, by the way. After we got, we we got one. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, you know, they're, they were just, when Jokic sets ball screens, defense is just like, all right, let's see what the guard can do. And that's such a huge part of the Nuggets, you know, scheme in the regular season was they, they were in those actions with Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. And teams do not want to just let Jamal Murray do whatever he wants. Because he will do whatever he wants. And then, yeah, so then all of a sudden there's more gravity towards the ball handler, and that's where Jokic gets even more dangerous. And so when that's yeah. that, that's a, such a big element. It's not just Jamal Murray's, you know, as his own as himself as a creator and as a scorer, but the you know the attention he takes away from Jokic that Jokic can be more creative and can get other guys involved better. Then yeah. we miss that. And, and um, then, and then you have. Just a dis- an overall disappointing series from your your next guys. You know, Michael Porter Jr. was playing hurt. You know, he had some yeah back spasm issues, and then Aaron Gordon just did not. No, <laughs> he did not struggled. play well. He did not contribute much at all on the offensive end, and that's just those are guys you're counting on. And if if they're not, <clears throat> Jokic can only do so much. You know. Yeah, I agree. I mean. Because Beckport Jr. was banged up and looked banged up, and you needed yeah. a big series from him. And Aaron Gordon, part of what made him so good on the Nuggets was that that he he's never been just a great shot creator in himself, right? And kind of when he gets that off ball, the cutting, the defender, the screener role, and kind of is a you know third or fourth option. That's where fourth, he shines. Yeah, your fourth, fourth offense. Exactly. Option. And so you know when he's 
catching the ball mid post and shooting these fadeaways. That's just that's not where he excels. <sighs> yeah, but credit to the Suns. I don't. I'm. I think the Suns have a very good chance of winning that. Like they, I do. They absolutely can win the whole thing. I know. Oh, I know. Uh, they're kind of. I'm kind of cheering for them. Uh, I'm too. I, I mean, they play a great brand of basketball too. Yeah, yeah. which helps. All right, move over to the East. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta. So it was. Was it one one last time we talked? I believe so. Okay, so then so it's two two now, and I mm-hmm. have Sixers and six, which through about two and a half quarters of Game Four, I felt great about. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> so so games three and four. Trey Young has clearly been bothered by the size of Simmons and Tybalt. Absolutely. I don't think there's a that any just, doubt about he's it. He's not as comfortable. Like, he feels them lurking, even when he kind of gets ahead of them. And they're, well, Simmons is doing a better job. Tybalt still jumps like crazy at, at mm-hmm. not drawing fouls. I will, while we're here, talking about soft, you know, <laughs> quote-unquote soft, I, I don't like the brand of basketball that people play where they – Play to influence the refs, like James right. Harden or Trey Young likes to do. Even Embiid does a lot of times. And I know everybody does it, and I know especially in the playoffs, you do whatever you can to win you know, legally. And so that's influence. If it's influencing the refs, it's influencing the refs. I just I don't care for it as a brand of basketball. But when Trey Young is complaining that Joel Embiid is flopping, <laughs> I don't think I could find a more palpable irony. I say uh, pot meat kettle. That the pot calling the kettle black or something like that. Okay, uh, you, know, you know that saying. I don't know. Does that, does that apply here? Yeah, it's like okay. uh, it's like it's like the Spider-Man meme. Yes. Oh, that's okay. Now it's a little <laughs> more, a little more current, a little more hip. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if if Trey Young is on the very, very short list of people who benefit from officiating, and so when he is complaining that the other team is getting calls. I don't have time for it. I'm and, not here for it. <laughs> and uh, game four, the most recent game, was an all-time Joel Embiid flail game. Just fall and look for contact. Uh, he looked horrible. Yeah. And w- when a big guy falls down like that, it just it, it looks goofy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when the, the replay shows and there's very minimal contact and this, and this seven-foot dude just drops right straight to the ground. Right. Uh, he did post a 420, though. Uh, Embiid was four twenty from the field in uh, Game Four. That's a, it's a, it's a tough yeah. stat to pull off. Well, yeah. So, so Game Three, Sixers won pretty comfortably. They look when Embiid is playing well, they they look clearly like the better team. Mm-hmm. But Game Four, he did not look right. So, like you said, four of twenty shooting, which is sick. O of twelve in the second half. <laughs> it which was yeah. Is maybe probably the worst. Well, no. What did they say? The last time somebody went O of double digits was Jordan in 97 in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> and obviously, they won that game because the Bulls were really good, not just Michael Jordan. Yeah, uh, Not so much with these Sixers, because when Joel Embiid just has to do so much offensively for these Sixers. Right. And when he is not playing well, and I don't know, people are saying that knee is clearly bothering him. I don't, like, he's never gripping his knee. I no. think it's just like, he doesn't. He doesn't look explosive, but he he just looks he has a bad attitude. Like he's right. He looks tired. Like he looks out of gas. He looks dejected. <laughs> I don't know. It might be the knee, and he's just not showing it. But but that, I mean, he's got like you said, he falls over a lot. Like he's not attacking the rim. I think he had like one possession where he just bullied Clint Capella. Yeah. In the, in the in the first half. Yeah, and it's weird to see him not 
be seem to be aggressive around the hoop. Yeah, he's definitely settling for for jumpers. And you want to talk about an all-time shot chart game? <laughs> All the red X's on that Joel Embiid game look. He lights up the court. <laughs> yeah, X marks the spot where it went in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so yeah, so O of 12, including chunking the game-winning right-handed layup. Oh, my gosh. That, I, I'm probably game-winning. Most that, likely, yeah. That um, erased, you know, the Hawks erased the 17-point second-half lead comeback. It was a great play draw up call. Got him rolling in the ball screen. Got him exactly where you wanted just a, with the shot he wanted. Just a bunny of a layup. And I, you can't blame that on explosiveness because you're seven feet tall and it's a wide open right hand. Like, like there's somebody near you, but there there's no danger of your shot getting blocked. Just make no a layup. Contact, no, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a, that one hurts. That one definitely hurts. And especially when Trey Young, I don't remember, he was like... I think he was like thirty percent on the like eight of twenty five or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he he did not. Sh- so up. he didn't. He didn't, I mean he had tightest career high assists. Eighteen assist. <laughs> but you know, you know your seventeen point lead, and Trey Young has a terrible shooting night, and you're on the road. Like you need to win that game. Like that felt like yeah. a, a huge momentum swing in terms of the series. I still think. Well, I'd like to think the Sixers can win, but we'll see what Embiid looks like because it's not like they're getting a ton of rest in between. Right. I want to say one thing that. That cha- that changed my outlook on the Hawks is that we're done with the Solomon Hill minutes finally. They've just oh, I miss him. Out of the rotation. I miss him. Thank I mean, he God would he would start and then play like eleven total minutes. Exactly, which is hilarious. And it, yeah, it just it was weird that they didn't just they moved, slide Herder in. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a depth thing, but yeah, they moved Herder in. He's been good. I mean, kind of streaky shooting, but he had a couple big threes at the end of the first right. half. That um. You know, got the the uh, the comeback going. Yeah, for the Hawks, it's gonna be like all of those guys right after Trey have to be on. Right. Like you can't just have like two of the four guys or three of the four. Like all of them have to be playing well if they want to pull this off. But in this game, it didn't. It didn't necessarily even seem like that. Like they got effort, 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 effort from John Collins, just killing them on the boards, offensive boards, uh, and getting putbacks on Embiid. And Embiid sold like twenty. Some I, I twenty one or something like yeah. that rebounds, <laughs> rebounds yeah. and and John Collins was just sneaking through him, grabbing off its rebounds like he could have had a nice twenty six or so, <laughs> but uh, he definitely changed the outlook in Game Four. Uh, they were, you know, they weren't getting great looks, but John Collins kept crashing the board, getting offense rebounds, keeping possessions alive. I just I, I see a way that the Hawks can pull this off, and and when I picked them. It was more so that I think they could prolong the series, but after this game four, I have a little more optimism about him. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, the Sixers, which obviously I'm rooting for, Ben Simmons. I just I don't know why I expect him to do more offensively because he hasn't done anything for four years. But he's got to be more aggressive offensively, especially with Embiid looking limited. That that he you know he'll attack and transition sometimes and. If he gets going downhill or rolls from a ball screen, he'll go. But he looks scared to go to the free throw line because he's shooting like thirty percent, mm-hmm. which yeah. obviously is terrible. But I, I just he needs to get to the rim more. He needs to be more aggressive, and I don't, I just, I don't trust Tobias Harris as a primary shot creator for thirty something minutes. Yeah, you know who's Seth Curry has been fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm to the point where if I see Seth shoot it, I just I'm counting three points already. <laughs> he's Man, it runs in the family, and he's really making him he, like he, he can put it on the floor and punish him, right? Because and the uh, the the Sixers are actually finally attacking Trey, 
they're figuring out how to yeah. put them in any any type of action they can, which should be the the obvious choice. But yeah, the Hawks are really paying for that right now. Doc still loves the the bench lineups, and oh, I guess we I guess we haven't mentioned this yet. Uh, the Danny Green injury that that changes things. Yeah, Corkmas. I I think he, I like him better. It's just he can put really? the ball on the floor. He's I don't think he's the, good. He's just a defensive liability. Yeah, I don't think he's and good. Danny Green's a pretty solid defender. Yeah, but I mean, like, I would love to see just like like when he's on the floor instead of Danny Green, like when he's a starter. You got four perimeter players that can at least put the ball on the floor. So mm-hmm. whoever trading is guarding, run them in ball screens. Right. I guess right. you do that for 30 minutes. That's my plan. I, 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 think, I think all of them, uh, yeah, even like I said, Quirk Miles is a bad defender, but I don't care. Let's let's just run their worst defender in ball screen actions all game. Do you remember that minute. game your freshman year? We went to Oklahoma, and they had one good guy. The dude, yes. And so we literally we ran an action where... Whoever he was guarding, we just ran him off baseline ball screens the entire and game. And you're not even really looking for the ball. You're just no, running you're back. Just running. And when he switched, that guy, you just went right down with him. It was whole, like, and it worked. Like, he didn't, I remember he didn't have a good game. We still lost, obviously. You know what the best part of that was? What? That on the scout team, I got to be that guy the game oh, before. Oh, that's fun. Practice before. That's fun. Coaches told me, shoot it every time you touch it. All I remember is we were like three of 18 from three, and I had two of them, so. Nice. I didn't, I didn't hit any of them, so I couldn't help it. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyways, so 2-2, they, are they tonight also? They should be tonight. They should be tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back in Philly. All right. Cool. Last series. The big one, Nets-Bucks. So that one is 3-2 Nets. After, like we said, one of the greatest playoff games. I never seen performances. Yep. Yeah. You will ever see. What were the stats? 48 minutes played. 49 points, uh, 10 assists, and uh, 17 rebounds, I think. 16 okay. rebounds. All that I'll, with, I'll get you an exact number. Good. With no Kyrie, and James Harden looked awful, awful on both ends of the floor. I got it. 40, 49, 10 assists, 17 rebounds. Okay. You're cool. Is that what <laughs> While you playing close, all 48 right? minutes. Yeah, while playing every minute. I'll start with the Nets. So he was incredible. Jeff Green was incredible that oh the gravity gosh. Kevin Durant caused. I mean, he he got a lot of open shots. Credit to him. He had like what? It was like seven of nine from three. Seven, seven of eight, eight from three, yeah. Yeah. I mean, incredible. Blake Griffin was really good in this game. I mean, Durant was literally unguardable. I don't know. I don't know what, it what didn't you matter do. What you did. <laughs> How do yeah. you, you try to deny him ball is all I can think of. Throw and they, a when they seven. spend 20 of the 24 seconds getting the matchup they want, you're, I mean, you're, you're at his will. Right. He's going to do whatever he wants to you. Right, right. Um, so that, let's let's back up a little bit. So it was two zero, right? Wasn't it just two zero last let's, time we talked? Well, yeah, let's go all the way. The Bucks looked defeated. They looked like they had no chance in this series. The they got wiped off the floor in game two. Yep. Game three comes around. It's one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever seen. Both teams just gave up playing offense. It's like eighty six, eighty three finish, something like. I think it was eighty six, eighty three. Uh, but both teams were in the eighties. But the Bucks sneak out a win in Game Three in Milwaukee, and then Game Four on Saturday, I think it was Sunday, maybe Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Kyrie goes down with a with an ankle sprain, lands on Giannis's foot. James Harden's still out. The Bucks end up pulling that game out. I, I figured they were going to run away with it. Didn't really happen, but they just kept him at arm's length the entire game. Yeah. Um, and that's you know that's how we got to two two, and so we're looking at the Nets without Kyrie, James Harden. No word on him yet. 
And so they played last night, Tuesday night. On Monday night, it was reported that Kyrie was for sure out for Game 5, most likely out for the series, and that James Harden was also out for Game 5. And within the course of 24 hours, he went from out to doubtful to questionable to starting. Just like yeah. that. And then he played, <laughs> do you notice he played more minutes than anybody on the Bucks? He played 42 or something? Yeah. 40, well, something like that? like 45. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but like you said, he's out there, and I'm not, I'm not sure... I mean, I'm like, not sure how much he provided, but he definitely still helps space the floor because if Kevin Durant's attacking, you still have to be like, oh, James Harden's yeah. on the wing. Like even we have he, to, we have to acknowledge that. Didn't make a shot when he was on the wing. Exactly. What his, oh, he, had, he had one shot in the game, right? I don't know. I'll look up his stats. I think he he had an <laughs> definitely one. Have I think this that was it. But but yeah, so he's out there, and he had a lot of assists. He, def- he was. He was he, I was say he definitely helps distribute the ball. That there's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, but defensively, he can't move, and that's very obvious from the start of the game. Except for to the Bucks, it was obvious to everyone but the Bucks. Oh my God! Yeah. So should we? So he was one of ten. Uh, he had an and, he had three five points. Yes, six. Yeah. Yes, five points. Yeah. He had an and one and then two free throws. Six rebounds, eight assists, four turnovers. Yeah. So Bucks. Um, even with the two games that they've won, the Bucks' lack of offense in those games also is so baffling to me. Not just lack of scoring, but but lack of. Any semblance of an offense, of an offense, it's, it's so annoying. They here, here's here's what I think. Honestly, you need to do. There's a couple of drills I would recommend that you could do. Uh, Oklahoma drill. Do a drill. Which one's that? Is that the football? You put them in the in the dash and they just run at each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good. <laughs> um, here's you, you go in. You play them against the scout team defense. Put on offense. They can't shoot for the first half of the shot clock. You have to run offense. Or you can't shoot until you make 10 passes. Run those there drills. Because learn how to pass the ball because they don't pass the ball. They don't run it's offense. So it's just, it's just, it's, it's, le- it's more ISO ball than a team that has Kevin Durant and nobody else on their team. Which, by the way, we haven't mentioned Joe Harris has been pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty much terrible in this series. Doesn't matter because the Bucks are so bad offensively. It doesn't matter. And that's what frustrates me is because we had such an all time game from Kevin Durant. And all I can think of is, why are the Bucks blowing this on offense? Well, that's okay, we, we should probably mention the Bucks were up 17 points in this game. This game was the Bucks yeah. were cruising yeah. in this game. And then the offense just came to a screeching halt. And Kevin Durant became Kevin Durant. But it's so frustrating that they, they'll bring the ball up. They don't look to get any type of easy looks. They just go for the first look they can create. Yeah, and I mean, nobody is devoid of blame. Like Giannis, right. Giannis dribbles like crazy. Drew Holiday, there are times where he dribbles 15 times and shoots, and that's the offensive possession. It's crazy. Chris Middleton, there was a, there was a play, like Chris Middleton still just loves his pull-up jumpers. Mm-hmm. There was a possession where, like, like this is the thing that's so frustrating to me, is you have Kevin Durant playing 48 minutes, and you're just letting him hide on somebody in the corner and just rest on defense. You have James Harden, who is a bad defender when he's healthy, and he's clearly not healthy. So, and you're not, there's just no... No concept of let's take advantage of their bad defenders. There's a possession in the in late in the third quarter. Durant's carrying the offense. He looks gassed. Uh, Chris Middleton had Durant on him, caught on the wing, the kind of jab step passed, and then um, Giannis came to him for dribble handoff, and Giannis had Jeff Green on him. Chris Middleton catches it when Jeff Green switches onto him. Now he decides he wants to try to make a move and just like step back, misses a three. Like, why are you not, like, you don't have to shoot on Durant every time. 
but you're just standing in the corner, then they switch, and then you don't punish him for switching. Giannis doesn't roll. You just shoot a three onto a guy that they want playing yeah. defense. Like, make the defense work. I don't th- – there's there's no mismatches. And Brooke Lopez, who is just a glory – I mean, he's a stretch five, which is nice when you're playing against a team with a center. But Bucks aren't playing centers, and if they are, they're putting him on Giannis. Like, it's Durant or Jeff Green that's on Brooke Lopez. Like, you're just – you're using him like a – like, he's just standing on the – corner and shooting why is he not why is he not taking up space in the paint that's what i'm saying work in the post that's what i'm saying i don't i i don't i don't get it and there was like the one easy possession the one easy bucket they got in the last like five or like like um after that insane three durian hit lopez (laughs) had a dunk because he was inside for once yes besides that pat Connaughton wide open layup because Giannis got hard and switched onto him immediately Mm -hmm. went to a dribble handoff with pat Connaughton. Harden switched on to Pat Connington, wide open layup, because Harden can't move his feet. Yep. And that was it. Like, that's that's offense. That's so easy offense. You just get a bad defender, you put him in actions, and then you get easy points. Like, I don't – oh, it's it so might, frustrating. It might, it might not be as fun or flashy, but that's how you win basketball games. It's you know? so frustrating and, for me. And this is, this is the possession that highlighted it for me. Down to – is it 91-93 or something yes. at that point? I know, I, know, I know what you're going to say. Giannis catches in the post. With James Harden guarding him. James Harden waves off help. And this was the double comes. James Harden puts his hand up, tells him to stay. Like, I got this. As James Harden is telling him not to bring the double, Giannis shoots a turnaround fadeaway jump shot. And yeah. Obviously misses. And there was like, there was, I mean, the shot clock was running down, but there was like five or six seconds left in the shot clock. Like, you had time one to dribble. Make a move. <laughs> Just, if James Harden's guarding you, what's wrong with the drop step? The odds are he's going to foul you, and I know you're not a great foul shooter, but you're going to get at least a point, and it, it, one more point than your turnaround jumper is going to get. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, at the, at this point, I'm questioning: Is Giannis between his skill set and his love for shooting perimeter shots? Is he just not built for playoff basketball? Like, which is why when I think about it, like the when he was potential, like when he was potentially a free agent. Like, the idea of him going to Dallas and playing with Luka is the exact thing that Giannis needs. Yeah. And he doesn't oh, I have... Know. But, but uh, so he's terrible free throw shooting. He's shooting, like, less than 50%, and he was, like, almost 70% in the regular season. So that's mm-hmm. gone. I don't... He... I don't... Why are we not telling him not to shoot threes? I don't know he's made some... He's taking, he was taking five a game. That's, that's five I remember wasted possessions. In game three, he... They, was, they were up big. Like, they, they came out... So a huge lead in the beginning of Game 3. Game 3, he shot four threes in the first half. And one of them, I think the last one was like, they, were, they went up like 20 early in, the, in that game. The, the Nets start to chip away and like, in a big possession, he just pull up transition three. And even Mike Mike Breen was doing commentary. And he who's like just super, like here's the plays. Like he never commentates because Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson oh, say yeah. the dumbest stuff. But so Mike Breen always just say, here's what's happening. Even when you ask you said, Mike Breen's like, guys, what are we doing? Like, why is he? Even Mike Breen was like, what is happening? Why are we shooting threes? And that's what every time he shoots a three, that's what the color commentator says because everyone's thinking it. Everybody but Giannis mm-hmm. is like, don't shoot threes, Giannis. And I'll tell you, I saw a clip from him shooting his rookie year that was going around, and his form looks a lot. I really, his form looks a lot better. I think it's a case of he spent too much time in the weight room, not enough time shooting, and as he put on a bunch of muscle, he lost. Jump shot form where jump shot form changed and now it's worse, right? But um, I mean, I mean, he's just he has to develop some kind of skill besides dunking and layups and trying hesitation spin moves because they work sometimes. But like, just like 
learn a jump hook, learn a floater, learn a runner, learn something outside of the restricted area, but not threes because I'm you're not going to be a three point shooter. Like that's that ship sailed. Yeah, exactly. It's gone. It's it's fr- to call it frustrating is is an understatement. I I don't know. I it just it brings me pain. There's no joy in it. Watching the Bucks do this, it's only pain. And what was our, what was our line on this game? Uh, straight up, I picked the Bucks. Okay, okay, all right, okay. So at least I can't have it go seven yes. and the Nets win. You okay. can't lose the bet and have the team you want to win. Okay, okay. I so uh, we should, I mean a lot of the starts at the coaching, mm-hmm. their lack of offense. That they're just, they're not running actions. They're content with this ISO ball. Nobody, like one guy touches it for 20 seconds. So I mentioned a couple drills that they could run. Here's some things for Coach, Coach Bud, that he can remember. Here are seven interview tips that will help you get hired and nail your job interview. Because as far as, I like, at this point, unless they win the championship, I, I, I will be so pissed if he keeps his job. There's because no, there's, there's he no is just He has just been... Horrific. Uh, he's getting out coached by Steve Nash, who his game plan is Durant shoot the ball 50 times a game. Durant, do and something. You're, and you're going to get co- Yeah, it's just uh, this guy won a coach of the year. I don't get it. I don't know where that guy is. Like, so, like, he is a Spurs disciple. Like, he was, mm-hmm. he was on the Spurs coaching staff. He got 60 wins with basically four good or five good role players, turned him into a number one seed on the Hawks. And there's right. just there's just no offense. There's no movement. I don't know what had happened. Like I know like trying to game plan something for Giannis is obviously harder than something like game planning with Durant. Like in terms of right. trying to make an offense. But like surely coaches would be lining up to run an offense around Giannis or line oh up gosh, structure yeah. things. Because we're not running. I, I just I'm I'm so frustrated with him. I, I I can't even I can't even form coherent sentences. Without just being angry. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, that's it. it. It definitely felt like Game Five was a, a about a, about as big of a must win for the Bucks as possible, just because of their. You know, you got to steal one in Brooklyn at some point. Yeah, so something that was your best opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So you can take a three-two lead going back home. Mm-hmm. The the Nets, Kyrie Irving's out. James Harden's hobbled. Joe Harris is bad. And like like you had a good offensive or good shooting relative to how the earlier um some of the earlier games have gone. You shot the ball pretty well, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can't like that you can't hold on to that win is is mind blowing. It's crazy. Insane. But it, um it, it's not it seems like it's not it shouldn't be possible. Yeah. Like that should have been your And again having a seventeen point lead. And again, I, I just hate that this is like Kevin Durant played an all-time game, and all I can think of is, "Wow, the Bucks blew this." But yeah. I, I, I can't even really appreciate it. All right, well, that's they're up three-two. The Nets are, I think, the tomorrow. I would assume Thursday is the yeah, next game. I, I think so. That sounds that sounds like it could be right. All right, so we we teased it, we promised it, and we're delivering on it. Well, that we are we are bringing back splash pass this week. We didn't. Where did we land? Ah, oh, shit. Uh, splash, splash, splash. Uh, Kevin Durant, pull up threes, or Giannis, pull up threes. Oh, I actually love that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, splashing. So, every week, 
that we do splash or pass. We talk about stories, news, rumors, gossip in the NBA that aren't big enough to talk about as their own story, and we give our takes on it here. But instead of just saying we like it or don't like it, we come up with our fun criteria, depending on what's happening. So this week, like we said, we are splashing on Kevin Durant taking pull-up threes or passing on Giannis taking pull-up threes for obvious reasons. I think I'm going first. Is that correct? Yeah. Cool. So I am Kevin Durant. I am splashing on the spirit of Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Because I think it was either in the, the pre-post game or during the broadcast of game three of Nets Bucks that uh, Bruce Brown was compared to Draymond Green. Because it's just kind of that he, you know, he's not a skilled, necessarily skilled offensive player. He's a really versatile defender who works hard kind of down in the trenches and finds ways to contribute to a team. And he was great in that game. That was the, the Bruce Brown floater game for sure. Um, he took those comparisons to the next level in this game. Long-time listeners know that I love chronicling the late-game heroics of Draymond Green. So in this game, uh, the Nets were down one. I think it was one, or was it two? Maybe it was two. Down two with about eight seconds left in the ball. The Nets had the ball suddenly out of bounds. Uh, Blake Griffin, a bull strategy, tries to basically roll the ball into Kyrie Irving because he can't get it in. Uh, It doesn't work. Rolls basically the length of the floor... The width of the floor. Bruce Brown scrambles to it on the offensive three-point line. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not left-handed, right? No. So he, he he picks up the ball, left hand head down, tries to shoot a left-handed runner over Brook Lopez, which for once Brook Lopez makes use of being tall by being a post defender. But uh, Bruce Brown clanks it off the backboard. Bucks get the ball, shoot free throws, win the game. What was awesome to me about this was, like I said, the late game heroics of Draymond, especially in the um, in the playing game where he did something similar to this, running with momentum, chucks the ball off the backboard from about three feet out. Bruce Brown did this. I'll tell you, I have never seen a clip of basketball that personifies panic so well as I've seen yeah. <laughs> this clip because Bruce Brown. I mean, there, there, like I said, there was like eight seconds left, and so obviously the Bucks were trying to deny Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but there was time to find one of them and for them to get a shot. But he just caught it, like saw a semi-open lane, and was like, "All right, mm-hmm. Bruce Brown floater time." Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, did not work in classic Draymond fashion. Did not yield results for the team, and I loved it. It was fun. I'm very happy when I saw him shoot instead of the ball going into Kevin Durant's hands. Oh, I know, I know. And I don't. I wonder if when Kyrie, you know, beginning of the season, Kyrie said, "I'm glad I have somebody else that I can look over at and can <laughs> take a game-winning shot." I wonder if he was referring to Bruce Brown. Had to have been. Had to. It wasn't KD, that's for sure. Yeah, so I love that. Good job, Bruce Brown. Even though he's been good in this series, that was a great moment. Yeah. Uh, after we had praised that, his after we had just praised his floater too. You know? Exactly. Oh, this okay. one was the floater was the problem because he tried to that's shoot right. a layup. That's the true. Okay, I am Giannis on uh, playing the short game, which Reggie Miller seems to be doing here. Uh, this was a tweet from Reggie Miller last night. It says, I'm just going to throw this out there to see what the responses will be. If you're Steve Nash in the Nets, would you sit James Harden and Kevin Durant in Game 6 because of the heavy minutes tonight and push all your chips to the center of the table for Game 7? That's a real tweet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's too small-minded for me. I say, Reggie, why do that when you could sit them both for, for 6 and 7, get Kyrie back in the offseason, and maybe even add another All-Star in the offseason? 
So the next season, you push all your chips to the make a center push, of the table. Make a push for next season. Yeah, that makes for sense. For next season's championship. Yeah. I think Reggie's thinking too small here. I actually um, love that. <laughs> I actually love that idea. But yeah, he actually he tweeted that. Uh, and the responses are, per, are fantastic. You go, sure. go to Reggie Miller's <laughs> Twitter. Uh, <laughs> what a dumb thing to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I like that idea. It's just in case we might get too tired, let's just not play. <laughs> let's be worse for one game so that we could we can have to play another game. I mean, in all seriousness, maybe James Harden sitting out as bad as he looked. I I okay isn't the that. worst idea. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But why would you? This guy just had one of the greatest player performances yeah. we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I think we sit him next game. Just rest him. Let's yeah. see what Bruce Brown can do. Yeah, <laughs> he's never had an opportunity to lead the team. Maybe yeah. it'll be different. Exactly. All right, good one. I am, I am Giannis. Pull up. I am passing on off-season plans. Our off-season plans. Okay. So you and I have been talking off-pod about that. I have a good friend who, a little older, a little previous generation of basketball fan. It's a big Michael Jordan fan and wants to do a Jordan Lebron goat debate. Okay. And so we've we've said that we will see over the off-season because that's great off-season content for sure. And we're planning to do it. But I am. I am concerned because that that plan, that schedule, that idea might have to wait because Scottie Pippen is releasing an autobiography, Unguarded is what it's called, <laughs> in November of this year. And here's how he captioned on Instagram it was announced. Ready to hear my side of the story, question mark. <laughs> so the book's description goes on to say, in quotes, simply put, Without Pippen, there are no championship banners, let alone six, hanging from the United Center Raptors. There's no The Last Dance. There's no Michael Jordan as we know him. The 90s Chicago Bulls would not exist as we know them without Scottie Pippen. I already can't wait. Right? (laughs) And so this is, you know, going on from this, this is a quote that he had last December, Scottie Pippen. In terms of really defining what was accomplished in one of the greatest eras of basketball, but also by two of the greatest players... One could even put aside and say greatest team of all time. I don't think those things stood out in the documentary, referring to The Last Dance. <laughs> I thought it was more about Michael trying to uplift himself and be glorified. I also think it backfired to some degree and that people got a chance to see the kind of personality Michael really had. <sighs> so this book might shed some new light this on Michael Jordan, as we know. Yeah. Exactly. And so it doesn't come out until November. So I don't know if I want to talk about Ooh, okay. any Jordan-LeBron debate when I haven't heard from the guy... Who had the most success with Jordan that we have ever seen? Right. So that's why I'm passing. I am Giannis <laughs> on our off-season plans because this might have to wait to throw a wrinkle into it. Yeah. All right. I like it. I am Giannis. Pull up on the Suns Nuggets series, and not for the obvious reasons that it was four quick games and they got blown out. I don't care about all that. What I care about is I was almost certain at some point we would get a Facundo Capazzo and Chris Paul scuffle just because of their annoying, annoying borderline. Borderline dirty style of play that they both have. It just never came to fruition. I was, I was, I would have bet a lot of money that at some point those two guys would have gotten into it, and it, it just never happened. That was that was kind of the one thing I was watching for. We did get like a little consolation prize of the Jokic and Devin Booker right. face off, but the highlight of that was actually Jokic's brothers yelling <laughs> yeah. from the stands, yeah. <laughs> threatening to come on the court. They were trying to call have the you seen? I, I didn't. I had no idea he had brothers until the MVP. Uh, when he was handed the MVP award right. and they came on the court. Uh, but have you seen pictures of them? Yeah. <laughs> Good God, they're just his body parts. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> look... I mean, yeah, it's the same genes, so I guess it makes sense. But <laughs> but Jokic kind of has like a soft, like, you know, 
He's a little rounder, maybe. Yes. Like, he's always got a smile, so he doesn't look super intimidating. I'm not sure these guys know how to smile. That's what I'm saying, which is hilarious. But, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I've always been rooting for Compazzo, just little white dudes running around. And he definitely is that, that annoying uh, annoying Nat vibe to him as a basketball I, yeah. player. I just figured at some point those two just had to clash. Right, right, right. right. We didn't get it. All right. It. So, my last one. I am Giannis Pull-Up. I am passing on gang retaliation. Mm. And I don't know. The thing is, I don't know how to classify this. I don't know if it's technically a gang, uh, like kind of an unofficial fraternity or a group. A lot of pride based out of California. And I've seen, I know what you're thinking. I've seen the movie Straight Outta Compton, and I read the synopsis for Boys in the Hood. So I'm qualified Mm. to talk on California gangs. Now, this last week, we saw a 20-year-old, not a, not a 20-year-old person, but a 20-year-old beatdown get paid back. 20 years ago, a high-profile member of this California group was publicly humiliated, and this weekend we got vengeance. I will, Seth, I'll read a transcript for what officially happened in the year 2001, 20 years ago exactly. Okay. But the offense happened. So, 2001, here it goes. Um, it's like, boom, I put him in the hoop like slam. I heard the crowd screaming out jam. I swear that I'm telling you the facts because that's how I beat Shaq. Oh, so, yeah. So 2001, Aaron Carter, who at the time was 14 years old, I don't know if he wrote it, but released a song called How I Beat Shaq, the single that reached 96 on the Billboard Top 100. Millions of listens, millions of views, and the group uh, that I've been referring to in question is the fraternity of Los Angeles Lakers players, former Lakers players. Um, and former Laker, obviously Shaq, who was a high-profile member of the Lakers at the time, MVP champion in uh, 2001. Former Laker, Lamar Odom, who, although he never played with Shaq, didn't forget about the bond, the fraternity mm-hmm. of being a Lakers player. So, you know, the Lakers got hitters all over the place. <laughs> and this last week, uh, Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom uh, boxed in a celebrity boxing match. And uh, Lamar Odom knocked out Aaron Carter in round two. And I'm sure, did you see this, Seth? I'm sure you saw it or you see the highlights. Definitely. That, yeah, that's, it was a pretty sad display of boxing. That, you know, even, you know, in the, like, the Jake Paul or the Logan Pauls, like, when they go do their boxing, like, at least they look like they've trained in Uh boxing. There was none of that happening here. This was just 6'10", Lamar Odom, boxing against not 6'10", Aaron Carter, who, like, Five nine. Had five, no eight. business being in the ring. Um, <laughs> this was this is a tough one. I don't, I don't know whose PR guy did worse or who this is a worse look for. Lamar Odom in beating up like a thirty year old former pop star that's half your mm-hmm. size and weight, or uh, Aaron Carter whose PR convincing this would be a good idea. That obviously they saw there's money in amateur celebrity boxing, and they jumped in to, to get their cash grab. This was a. I feel bad for Aaron Carter. It's a bad look, you know. He's he's obviously had a tough go of it. Oh and, yeah. And uh, he doesn't look good. He didn't look good in this ring, but he learned his lesson not to talk shit about how to beat Shaq. Because tomorrow it always comes place. back. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. So I, I did see the knockout. It was it was hilarious. It was it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one for sure. Uh, that's the show. That's all we got. I will. Uh, we had a lot of NBA news, Seth, in the last like hour. I know. <laughs> do you want to 
Do you want to go through it? Oh, first of all, I forgot to mention, when we're talking about Giannis, in his, this just came out that in his post-game performance, Giannis said Kevin Durant is the best player in the world right he now. He did, yeah. Like, that's not something you say After he just while a series is still going on. Yeah. Especially, you're a two-time MVP, reigning perennial first-time All-NBA player. And you're saying the guy opposite of you is the best player in the world. What is that? Like, what do your teammates think of that? What confidence does that inspire your team? I know. Uh, that's not good. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, out indefinitely. We, we saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Scott Brooks and uh, uh, not Jeff Van Gundy. Other Van Gundy. Stan Van. Stan Van Gundy. I want to say Scott. That was it. Yeah, so both Scott Brooks in Washington and Stan Van Gundy in, in New Orleans have been fired today. Uh, what else news? There's a, I don't know who this is, a a woman, Teresa Weatherspoon. Oh, yeah, as the is a candidate. The Pelicans. Yep, Pelicans job. John Calpari would be open to jumping back into the NBA. Yep. Now, uh, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. So, yeah, a lot of coaches hiring. I, I hope the good coaching candidates wait to commit to any jobs until... The Bucks get eliminated because I want a yeah. good coach to go to the Bucks. Right, right, right. Everybody just hang out a little bit. Yep. I, th- I think wait. I think a lot of coaches will hang out. Yeah, they'll wait until they want that job. That's right. No one wants to go to the Magic, mm-hmm. even though they're aggressively hunting. Exactly. But yeah, exactly. And then uh, also, no Jimmy Butler in the Olympic team. That he oh is that official? He will bypass participation in the Olympics. Mm. Dang, that's too bad. Bummer, bummer, bummer. bummer. Dang, now we'll just have to go and get, I don't know, Bradley Beal instead. Well, is, like, we'll have to go get... Anybody in the playoffs right now, we'll have to wait and see if they get eliminated. So, like, Kawhi, Paul George. I would, I would say Suns. no. Maybe Paul George. I can see Paul George doing it. Yeah. I don't think Kawhi... Well, it's Pop, so definitely not Kawhi. Yeah. Pop is <laughs> the truth. Uh, Devin true. Booker, he could play. We'll let him play. Yeah. Who's going to play center? In the finals, though. So. All of our good centers are foreign in the NBA. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Miles Turner. Center. Miles Turner, good. DeMarcus Cousins, good. Not good. Jackson Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Miles Turner. Bring Dwight back. Might as well. <laughs> resurgence, for sure. Uh, screw it. Christian Wood. Get him out there. He's yeah, American, there we right? go. He's American, right? Yeah. Yes. I also uh, can't think. Plumley. Bring Plumley in. God, which one? All of, all of them. Bring them all. There's your, there's your center depth right there. All three of them. Uh, who was on, honestly, who's a good center? I mean, Mouse Turner is like a stretch five. Yeah. So I guess we'll play, we'll go small. Honestly, just play five I mean, Bam and Abayo. He's American, right? Oh, that's the easy one. Okay. Yeah. Good. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're American. <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. Boom. Well, He's young, too. To see who's <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Do you know what I would love to do? Let's do like like what can we all star vote in some Olympic yeah. players? Because no one would right. vote for Draymond Green, right? Let us decide who represents. We'll do a better job for sure. I mean, isn't that true? Shouldn't we be able to vote for who? Yeah, I thought represents it was democracy. Our it's a, no, yeah. that, literally, we're we're a constitutional republic, which means we elect representatives to speak on our behalf. So we should elect players, not named Draymond Green. To to play on our behalf. Also, did you see this latest update that just came out? I heard your phone buzz. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> as of right now, everyone's listening will already see this. We're reacting Breaking live. news. 
Yeah, for yeah. us, this is breaking news. Break it for us. Uh, break it Kawhi like Leonard... you break cartilage in your knee. This just in, Kawhi Leonard may have ACL injury. Now, it doesn't say if he it's completely torn or anything like that. So, uh, it must what... be a little sprain to the ligament. It also but... doesn't say how it affects his Olympic status. I'm going gonna, gonna to rule him out. I'm going I'm to break the news. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is out of t- Team USA for the Olympics. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Which yeah, means it, it gives room for Harrison Barnes. Bring him back. Bring him back. Oh, God. Maybe Carmelo? Does he want to make another run Ooh. at it? Just bring him back as many of the, of the 2012 guys. Oh, they won. They won. It's the remix. All right. Good app. Uh, Watch out for some big old big series coming up. Apparently, just stay close to your phone because there's news breaking every yeah, minute. No kidding. We'll probably do one more before the conference finals start. Yes. Yeah, that was. I think we'll we preview. should. We'll preview. All right. Good. Good All up. right. Logan Martin, place out. Derby. I'm like magic to Kareem, man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I ain't speaking about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did you hear that Elizabeth? Here comes the big one. I put my money in your community. Need you got your budget. I want my ass with your advance to the toilet to flush it. My last stance be a stance of general custard. I hard out cause I can. I got cheese and mustard. I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Logan, Logan, go tell your friends to tell your friends. I'm going to keep the same grand whether I lose or win. Up or down 10, I'm going to fight you to the end. Let's go, ain't no way they can stop me now. Logan comes my way, yeah. So the results are just hacking So there's three of us now, me, AI, and Shaq From the look to the eyes, I say Herbert Man With more heart than Hallmark on Valentine's Day I'm the one that you've been raving about My Ray Lewis, I think it's hard to go and change your route Cause you don't know if I'm blizzing Or if I'm sitting in the ring Waiting on you to drug trip and drop back and throw up a pig, man Ain't no way they can know Ain't no way they can know Work is worthless. My work habit ain't no heaven, man. I do it on purpose. I push myself to the limits and my talents will surface. So now it's curtains and trades on anybody who hates disliking what I'm reciting, biting what I've been writing. I've been dogged by the scratching and clawing on every hate. Trying to make you remember me like you remember the times. Cause I'm a warrior. My 
daddy was a soldier. I Vietnam man with a dirty thought. I told ya, I'm supposed to rip up your town in Teriosis. Hitting like vultures, man. I'm young, white, and rich, as good as it gets. And giving your point guard fist. He thinks he's done seen pressure, man, but he ain't seen. Ain't no way they can know. 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 Ain't no way they can stop me now. Yeah.